can go ahead and be seated. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, if you weren't here last week, what we did was we we are beginning a series on the Holy Spirit. And uh, today is actually Pentecost Sunday. Uh, This uh, about, you know, almost 2,000 years ago. Um, on the day of Pentecost was the day that the church was born. It was the birth of, of the church of Jesus. And it was birthed in, with the fire over their head. And it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues. And they began to see all kinds of manifestations happen. And 3,000 people uh, came to Jesus that day. They turned their hearts over to the Lord. And that was the, the birth of the church. And so I'm actually, I'm not going to preach on Pentecost today because we're, we're building up to it. So um, if you're interested in that, uh, then stay with us for a few weeks here. Bill, if we could bring the lights back up a little bit more. Um, so if you were not here last week, we started in talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, so I'm going to need two things. If anybody wasn't here last week and you want notes from last week, um, wave, wave your hands at brandy Uh, and if you would like notes for this week uh, you can wave your hand at um, Sharon and Jacob and Felicia how about that so Felicia Sharon and Jacob have the notes for this week So last week, we, we kind of focused in on that the Holy Spirit is a person, that He's not just a force or a power, He's not impersonal, uh, that He is actually the third person of the Godhead. Um, there is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, three in one, God three in one, and so um, we believe that it's, you know, that the Father didn't just turn into the Holy Spirit, that the Father didn't turn into Jesus and come to earth. No, that, uh, that God himself is one in three distinct persons. And if that makes your head hurt, then that's good news. Because if our finite minds cannot, can, can fully understand God, uh, then he's probably not God. You know, we try to we try to we try to condense God into some someone or something that we can understand and control, right? Where we want we want Him to be, because ultimately we want to be God. I mean, that's really what happens when we want to be in control. When we want to control situations in our lives, we're trying to be God. We're trying to take the place of Him who is meant to rule in our lives, and we're trying to rule. And so we do that with Him. And so as we're as we're just coming in, into studying the Holy Spirit, we just, we just talked about some basic things about uh, who He is and shows His personality. And we finish with the idea of Him uh, pouring out the love of God in our hearts. Uh, and we talked about how John the Baptist, when he showed up on earth in the book of John, that he was, he was saying, hey, guess what? I'm here and, and this is amazing, but someone's coming after me uh, who I'm not even, I'm not even worthy of to touch his shoes and tie them. Uh, that he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And all throughout John's gospel, as we mentioned last week, that Jesus shows up on earth and he's talking about uh, not just who he is, but he's always talking about the Father and he's also talking extensively about the Holy Spirit because Jesus came to reveal God. All of who God is. And so... Jesus was correcting their misunderstandings of God as Father. He's correcting their misunderstandings of who the Holy Spirit is. And he was correcting the misunderstandings of who they thought the Messiah, Jesus, uh, the Son of God, the Christ, was was to be uh, by demonstrating that in his life. And so I want us to start in John 7. John 7 and verse 37. Because we're going to start in John again where John highlights... Uh, the work of the Holy Spirit and quoting what Jesus does. John 7 and verse 37. And then we're going to fill in some uh, just teaching points uh, 
about the Holy Spirit as well. So John 7 and verse 37. That was a very short review of last week. There was a lot. So if you, if you need to catch up, you can, I'd encourage you to look up all these scriptures for yourself and read them. And if you've never had an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, then all these scriptures, I would encourage you to go over them on your own. Read them on your own. Try to, try to let God speak to you on your own and bring, bring truth uh, into, your, into your heart and spirit. So John seven thirty seven, Holy Spirit, I invite you to open the word as we read it. It says this, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, or not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. And so we get a couple of things there. Number one, there was a festival or a feast uh, that was going on. Does anybody know what the feast was in John chapter 7? You're like, no, I didn't read it. I wasn't studied up. That's okay. The Feast of Tabernacles. Okay, so the Feast of Tabernacles is a Jewish feast. This is simply what they would do is they would they would build like temporary shelters, temporary houses. They would just construct them pretty quickly, prepare them. And then put like branches and stuff on top to be the roof. And then for the whole week during the festival, they would live in. It's also called the Festival of Booths or Tabernacles. It was to commemorate when the people of God went through the wilderness and they had no home, they had to pitch their tents. They had a temporary dwelling. And the festival that week is to remember that God was taking care of them, the faithfulness of God, what the, you know, the miracles that God did. And so another thing that would happen is in the middle of this festival during, during the week, they'd have a celebration and they would all bring some of the branches in. They would read sections of the Psalms and, you know, recounting the faithfulness and the goodness and the grace of God. And they would wave the branches sometimes they would, they would, when certain Psalms were read. And then one of, the, one of the priests would go draw a pitcher of water in a golden, in a golden pitcher from the pool of Siloam. And they would, they would take that pitcher of water and they would go through like toward the temple and there would be, be a place where they could, they could pour the water in and it would go into like the temple area. And it was a, it was a time of joy. I mean, this was like a great celebration. In fact, it's, it's said that uh, this time was like, if you, didn't, if you weren't joyful during this time, you didn't understand what true joy could be. If you, you know, so it was, this was people going crazy and joyfully thinking celebrating who God is, that he's the provider. You know, of course, it's the picture, too, of, G, of God bringing water out of the rock in the wilderness. And so it was, it was a time, of, this was a great party. This is a big old party going on. Sometimes we don't understand. That's, that's what the feasts were. They were a party to celebrate God in the Old Testament. They, so, and so there's all this symbolism that ties to what happened in the past and God's faithfulness. But one of the things they, you know, they add was this water. And it's like, you know, the, the, the priest coming in with the water, it was almost like, uh, if you're not a sports person, I, I'm sorry. But, you know, when, when the guys are coming down the tunnel in the game, you know, and then like everybody, you know, they're lined, everybody's lined up. And, you, you, you know, the, the star player runs in and everybody's, yeah, you know, or the NBA basketball when they, I haven't watched in years, no idea, uh, if they still do the introductions of their names and, you know, you wait for the best player last, you know, in my, when I was growing up, didn't like him, but, you know, Michael Jordan with the Bulls. Yes, I did say I didn't like it. Okay. Um, and um, apparently I like losers because uh, I win against them every time. Um, so, you know, it's like the Bulls thing. The, you know, they, they play the music and then everybody's, everybody's going crazy. And then, you know, then it's Michael Jordan, you know. And then the, the crowd goes nuts because you saved the best for last. I mean, that's the kind of thing that's going on. I'm just trying to give you a picture of what was going on. This is a huge celebration and there's a crowd going crazy. And the priest is, you know, running up the, running up the aisle and they're, they're waving the branches and he pours out the water and he's like, yes! 
So then when Jesus stands up on the, the greatest day of the feast, and he stands up and he says he said in a loud voice, in other words, he wasn't trying to get this out to just a few people. He was trying to, you know, a rabbi would normally sit and teach. So he was saying, when he was standing up, he was saying, hey, this is something super important. And he, he just cries out. It says he cried out in a loud voice. Anyone is thirsty? Anyone? Come to me and drink. In the middle of this huge thing, and you've got the, you know, he says, look, whoever believes in me, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Not just a little pitcher. Not just a little thing where, you know, and that's, that's, you know, it was all symbolic. But in other words, this water is going to keep flowing forever and ever. Now, John, and John has to note for us because Jesus doesn't explain it. Have you noticed that? Sometimes Jesus doesn't explain everything. Does that annoy you? <laughs> Sometimes, you know, he just leaves that. I mean, the disciples are probably, you know, I don't know what the disciples were thinking. I'm totally, total conjecture here. I don't know if they're like... That was awesome. Or like, like what? What is he? What is he? <laughs> so it says that you know it's all the disciples. They always ask Jesus the questions later, because Jesus is always throwing stuff out there because he wants you to seek him. He wants you to he wants you to to draw close and say, what is what does that mean? Why did Jesus talk in parables? You know he's telling the stories like, well, here's this you know. Here's this tree, you know, we're going to throw out the seed, and then there's a tree growing, and, uh, you know, some people are like, what is that? The disciples are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I didn't, I was a fisherman, now I'm, I'm into farming? What's going on here? Then Jesus, but they would ask him the questions, and it's, what does it say in private? Then Jesus would explain everything to them. Uh, because he says that let those who have ears to hear, let them hear. In other words, the closer you get to God and the more you seek him, the more you're going to begin to understand. There's going to be revelation. You're going to be here from God because, you know, he is drawing you in. He wants, to, he wants you to be drawn in. He doesn't want you to be forced. I mean, it's about a relationship. If you're forced into a relationship, is that good? This never, it can never be a good relationship if you're forced into it. You can never have a true relationship. And so God has to, you know, Jesus has to make the invitation to say, come to me and drink. And so I don't know who went to him that day. There may have been some of them that day, some in the crowd that said, that came to him and said, what does that mean? I want, I need, I need this drink. I need this. And so John gives us the note as he writes the gospel later. He says, let me tell you what this means. By this, he meant the spirit, the Holy Spirit. This was a a promise of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And the picture there of the Holy Spirit is rivers of living water or streams of living water will flow from within them. And so it's the, the Holy Spirit is the one that allows the life of God to flow into us and out of us. We're ne- we were never meant to be lakes. We were never meant to be spiritual lakes. You know, a lake only receives water into it, right? And sometimes, you know, if it doesn't get enough fresh water, you know, it gets, it gets stinky. It gets, it gets rotten. Things don't live in it anymore because it has to have fresh water coming into it. So it's important. That's why Jesus says, no, you're not going to be just a lake of water, not just a pool of water to, to receive in. There's going to be a river inside you because a river is always flowing you know it's it's amazing when you get by water how much life there is you know my wife and i we celebrated our anniversary yesterday and so we actually took a a one-day trip like 24-hour trip and we're like we need to see some water um and so the the closest place where we thought we could see water and just spend one night you know get a hotel uh go eat lots of ice cream, and, you know, have a good time. And so we went down to San Angelo. Now, I have to be honest with you. I have to, I've, whenever I've driven into San Angelo, I've never been to the, where the water is. So I always, is anybody here from San Angelo? Okay, forgive me. I've always driven into San Angelo and thought, why would anybody want to live here? 
Like, this, is, this, this doesn't look like nothing. And then I've got all these people say, oh, yeah, it's nice. There's this cool stuff. That, like, what are you talking about? I've always been there and been like, get me out of here, you know? Can I pass through this to get the big lake or something, you know? <laughs> Give me the big spring or big lake or something. I don't know. It's just all the same, you know? So I've never, never been to the water, you know? And again, we get it. Look, it's West Texas. So, and they call it like the oasis or something in West Texas. It was like, something like that. Anyway, um, so, but when you go, we went, I went down the water and I was like, okay, we walk along the river. So there's some green things, you know, I think they're called trees. Um, I don't recognize them from being from here anymore. And, you know, all this, you know, all this, all this life is right along the river. I mean, there is the stink too. And it's, you know, there's stuff built around it. People, there's people fishing right there and all kinds of stuff. I don't know if they catch, anybody know if they catch fish there or they just fish. So, but I was kind of like, you know what, this is, this is actually kind of nice. You know, if I was in San Angelo, I'd want to come down and be by some water every once in a while. It's a pretty area. So anyway, the point of the matter is, is it's, there's a river flowing through there and rivers bring life. All along the river, there was all kinds of stuff growing that do- doesn't look like, you know, you get away from the river, river out in West Texas and there ain't much growing, right, except mesquite. There, there's just a whole lot of, lot of nothing. I mean, right now it looks green because we've got some rain. But wherever the river is, there's life. And so Jesus was saying, look, here's the, here's the way to spiritual life in me. It's going to come to you when the Holy Spirit comes inside you. That only he, only he can give you life. And if, you're gonna, if you want to drink of the goodness of God, if you want to have the living water in you, if you want to experience eternity, if you want to have the power of heaven within you, then those who believe in me, they're going to receive the river of living water who is a person, the Holy Spirit. And so there's this, there's this promise of, of this of this river of life that will flow from within us. And so just know that we were never meant to be a lake. And sometimes we get to the point where we're always trying to just receive from God. Where we're always saying, God, will you give me? God, will you give me? Think about your prayers. Is your prayer just, God, would you do this for me? Would you do this for me? Would you do this? It's not bad. I'm not saying that's bad, but don't stop there. Because when you stop there, eventually, you become just about you receiving something from God. And that's never what it was meant to be. It was meant to be where you have a river of living water flowing from within you. In other words, you receive from God and then you're giving it out to somebody else. If you receive truth, then you're releasing truth to someone else. If someone prays for you and something happens in your life, guess what you should do? Find somebody else to pray for the same thing for. If God delivers you from depression and moves in your heart and changes you, be on the lookout to say, every depressed person, I want to lay my hands on them. If they allow it. Okay, you ask. Okay. (laughs) Don't just go straight to the Pentecostal and put, how you doing? Put your hand on their head. I mean, is there anything weirder than some of the things we do if we don't explain them, right? (laughs) I mean, think about that. Where else do you put your hand on somebody's head? Right? If you, if you saw a bunch of dudes doing that out, you know, at the ball game or something, you know, it's like, what is going on? Anyway, all I'm saying is sometimes just explain what you're doing to people. So when we do the weird church things that no one's like, <sighs> when you think about, when you're used to it, I grew up in church. I was in, you know, first week I was conceived, I was in church. So I've been in church my whole life. <laughs> But we need to sometimes just think, what is, you know, what is someone thinking when we do this thing? It doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. It just means, hey, tell them what's going on. I'm going to put some oil on your head. And you're like, dude, man, what's going on? Is that like kill COVID-19 or something or what? <laughs> you know, and so explain. Anyway, my, it's just totally free part of the sermon. It's like. Hey, when we're out with people, explain what's going on. I'm all for the laying in. If they let you, you put their, your hand on their head, just make sure they're all right with it. Because it's, it's a great, you know, it's fine. But just let them know what's going on. But do it. 
Let the river flow in your life. If you're a believer in Jesus, you've already got the river. And so you've got to let the river flow and not just become a lake where you're receiving just all the time. Just God, give me this, give me that, give me that, give me that. Eventually, you're going to be a lake that stinks. No one even wants to go fishing in here or something, you know? So rivers of living water. What a, what a beautiful picture this is of the life of the Spirit. That God is always bringing things into our lives. He's always bringing freshness. He's always bringing something new. He's always bringing cleansing. He's, you know, we need to have things washed out of our lives. There's so many, so many things that are happening. The sanctifying work, the purifying work of God in our life is done by what? The Holy Spirit is the one who does that in our lives. He makes us begin to look more like Jesus. He makes us begin to think like Jesus and talk like Jesus, do the things that Jesus did, love people the way Jesus loved people. So I want us to kind of put a comma here, and I want us to just do a little bit more teaching here to highlight uh, another important question that we do need to answer from the Bible, and it's this, is the Holy Spirit God or is He only from God? And there's a, there's a difference because it's important to know, is, is the Holy Spirit just someone or something, as some of us have been maybe wrongly understood, that, that comes from God, or is He God Himself? And we can only find that out through the Scriptures. So we're going to go through these Scriptures really quickly. These should be on the screen, Bill. Uh, we'll try to track along. And if you, I will try to fill in the blanks for you. Holy Spirit, God, or only, God, only from God? Uh, because we need to know, is, is He God, or is He just you know, a super angel or something? Is this just God? You know, that's, there's a big difference between the best angel and God. Angels are amazing. They're awesome. They do amazing things in the Bible. We've seen, you know, there's all kinds of activity of angels that goes on at the birth of Jesus. Uh, there's encounters with angels in the Bible. There's all kinds of things. We see pictures of angels in Revelation. But no angel is anywhere close to God. So, we've got to look at the scripture though. So, number one, Genesis 1, 2 says this. It says, now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. This, of course, is the first mention of the Holy Spirit. But what we get from this is, number one, that the Holy Spirit, He is uncreated. He is, your blank is uncreated. For, I know, if you weren't here last week, I try to make them super clear uh, for those people that have to have the blanks filled in. <laughs> I am one of those people, by the way. Um, he is uncreated. Did you, did you know that God wasn't created? We had this question in youth group uh, last Wednesday night. Well, who created God? Well, if somebody created God, then God's not God, they're God. Now, it, it should make your head hurt because we have no reference for anything that has no beginning. Everything in our natural experience, it starts. We understand endings because we now have death in our world. But we don't, we don't understand someone or something that has no beginning. But God was forever present. He was always there. And so in the beginning, when creation happens, when the universe is being created... The Spirit of God is already there. So we know that He is, is uncreated. He's not a part of creation. Genesis 1 and 26 and 27. Later, it says, Then God said, Let us. That's a clue right there when God says, Let us. He wasn't talking to the angels. There were no angels. He said, Let us. Let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. And so we know from this that the Holy Spirit, He is the co-creator. He was involved in creating everything and everything we see and know. And in fact, he was part of creating us 
as human beings. Other scriptures show us that actually Jesus participated in creation as well. So we know that creation was a full participation of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit creatively and actively releasing life into existence. (laughs) It's amazing to think about. And of course, male and female are created the image of God. So the image of God, God is not a dude. He's, he's not a lady either. God is, is, is God. All of male and female is encapsulated in the, in the character and nature of God. Hebrews 9.14 says this, How much more often then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. What does it say about the Holy Spirit in this? He is eternal. So your last blank was co-creator and your blank this time is he is eternal. So we know that he has no beginning and no end. He's not living for just a certain amount of time. He wasn't created for a specific purpose like angels or human beings or animals. That he is eternal. 2 Corinthians three seventeen to 18 says, How much more then will the blood of Christ... Oh, no, that's not 2 Corinthians three seventeen and 18. That's called copy and paste gone wrong. <laughs> Let's read it up here. <laughs> copy and paste the scripture did not work on that one. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So we know that He is called Lord. The Holy Spirit is called Lord. And in Acts 5, 3-4, this is the story of Ananias and Sapphira. It says, then Peter, and they come to Peter and they lie about something. And it says, Peter said, Ananias... How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? So who did he lie to? Holy Spirit, right? And have kept for yourself some of the money. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. So he is also called God. So he's called Lord and he's called God. I understand we're being very, you know, we're going line by line here, but we're being very specific to establish, does the Scripture say that the Holy Spirit is God? He has the, so your blank is God on Acts 5, 3 through 4. Next blank is he has the attributes of God. Your blank is attributes. He has the attributes of God. What are the attributes of God? Does anybody know? If I ask a question, will anybody ever say anything? (laughs) No. Okay. Be honest. Like, no, I will never answer that. (laughs) Doesn't mean I'm going to quit asking. Psalm 139, I'm going to tell you what, what some of the key attributes of God are. Where can I go from your spirit, says Psalm 139? Where can I flee from your presence? Number one, he's everywhere. What is that called? Omnipresence. Very good. Did I give you the one with the answers on it? No. (laughs) He's omnipresent. Thank you for talking back. So, Holy Spirit is everywhere. Psalm 139 is great. It's like, where can I go from your spirit? If I go to the depths, if I go to the heights, if I go here, even if I lay my bed in hell, you know, or Hades, the place of the dead, you're there. I can't get away from you. (laughs) In a good way. Or a bad way. Can you ever get away from God? And think about Jonah. He's like, dude, that was wasted of your money. You bought a ticket and all that stuff. I mean, all that time running from God, it's kind of like, oh, uh, where'd Jonah go? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) He slipped away. So that can be either be comforting to you or it can be scary to you, right? 
No matter where you're at, God's there. No matter where you're at, the Holy Spirit is there. That can, that, should convic- that can convict us too. No matter where you're at, the Holy Spirit is there. Your worst point is sin. Guess what? Holy Spirit's there. Your greatest victory, Holy Spirit is there. Where can I go from your presence? John 16, 13, what's the next attribute of God? But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He'll speak only what He hears. He'll tell you what's yet to come. In 1 Corinthians 2.10, these are the things God has revealed to us, what? By His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So He is all-knowing. Your next blank is He's all-knowing. Or what is that called, Brandy? Yes, thank you. (laughs) Omniscient. But if you don't know how to spell that, just put (laughs) all-knowing. Last one. Luke, what do I have here in my scriptures here? Romans 15, 18 through 19 says, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of... Of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to all these places, I proclaim, fully proclaim the gospel of Christ. Paul later says in 1 Corinthians 2 4, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. That the Holy Spirit is all powerful, omnipotent. You spell it omnipotent. Omnipotent. So that's that's how this, these are. Those are like the core attributes of God: that He is everywhere, He knows everything, and He has all power. That He, you know, there, He's not lacking anything. We've had great discussions in youth group. I don't think there's any youth in here today. I think they're either not here or serving in in children's ministry. But it's it's amazing because you have discussions with people, and you you understand what they don't understand. Because they're like, well, you know, God has his problems too. <laughs> what? <laughs> so if you want to answer some fun questions, come to youth on Wednesday, okay? Because we, we encourage them to ask questions because we don't want to say, oh, well, that's a really stupid question. Why? How could you think that? Because then what do people do? They just they want to shut down. So we, we, we are trying to give an atmosphere of openness where People are free to ask anything, and they can actually express what's really on their heart or mind because it's a, it's a good revelation to know that God's not human. If you picture God to be even like the best human, you are, you are greatly diminishing who He is. And it's going to hinder your relationship with Him because you're going to relate to Him and you're going to anticipate Him acting like human. Humans. <laughs> or a human. Because even the, the best of humans, whoever that is in your life, they have problems. They have bad days. They say things they don't mean. They do things they don't want to do. Or they didn't really, you know, it's not their heart of hearts to do. They fail. And so if we relate to God with, with Him as a human, then we start, you know, we are interacting with him in a way that is putting a limitation on who he is rather than get letting God define who he is and to break off the limitations of our understanding so we can better get to know him and so I think it's clear from this that the Holy Spirit is actually God himself he's not just a power from God he's not just a force from God he's not just sent from God he's not just from God he's everywhere he's all-knowing he's omnipotent he's God he's Lord he's eternal he was there in the beginning he's uncreated he's the co-creator and the last one is he is distinct from the Father and Jesus the Son of God and we get that at the baptism of Jesus it says as soon as Jesus was baptized he went up out of the water at that moment Heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God 
descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Here's one of the greatest pictures of God as three in one is you have the father with a voice in heaven. You have Jesus on earth as the son of God made flesh. And you have the spirit of God descending upon Jesus and basically empowering Jesus as a human to be full of the Holy Spirit, to live the supernatural, spirit-filled life that humans were intended to live. So you have all, all three in one displayed. So he's distinct from the Father and the Son. In other words, the Father is not the same as the Holy Spirit. Only Jesus was on earth. Only Jesus became a human being. The Father did not become a human being. The Spirit of God did not become a human being. Only Jesus did. And again, if this makes your head hurt, it makes my head hurt too. It's like, how is that possible? You know, and we have, we, have, we have limited ways to describe, you know, God three and one. Have you ever heard the illustration where water is a demonstration of the Trinity? You know, what is, what is water at its core? It's H2O. Two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. Anybody remember chemistry class? That was the hardest class I had in my whole life, including college. Honors chemistry, junior year of high school. Man, that was so hard uh, for some reason. But two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. But it can, it can show up in many forms, right? It can be liquid, it can be solid, or it can be gas. But it's still what? Still H2O. Right? Is it still, it's the, the essence of what it is is still the same. But based on its conditions, it changes. Now, there's where the, where the illustration breaks down, right? Because H2O can only be either water, ice, or gas, right? It can't be all three at once. But God is all three at once all the time. And so the illustration has limits. There actually is, anybody nerdy here? There is actually something called the triple point of water. It's like an extreme temperature, and H2O exists in all three forms all at one time. Some of you are like, whoa. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, free, free mind-bending things about the Trinity, I guess, uh, for you there. But the Holy Spirit, this is the amazing thing, is that when it says that the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us and He brings His presence into our lives. He's God. God comes to live in me. If you're a believer in Jesus, God says, I am going to come live in you. That's amazing. That, that should change everything. And it did change everything. In the book of Acts, when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Of course, in the book of John, they receive the Holy Spirit before the day of Pentecost. And so we'll talk about that here in the coming weeks uh, because Jesus was already glorified. So, I've made your head hurt. So, Holy Spirit is God. And I want to close with this. Just an important part of the Holy Spirit and what He does is turn to Romans 8 and verse 15. Now, let me start in verse 14. It won't be on the screen, but I, I should have included it for context. It says, Romans eight fourteen says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Those who led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. We can also kind of flip that around. If that's true, then if you're a child of God, you should expect to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's the other thing is, he's leading somewhere. He, he's, he's active. He's, he's doing something. Just another picture of the river. I mean, it's why, that's why there's pictures of the Holy Spirit are just, you know, like, it's kind of like this. I mean, God's just trying to show us. You know, he's trying, it's kind of like this. Let me, let me try to explain this to you, who I am and what I'm doing. It's kind of like this. 
I mean, I'm not exactly like this, but it's kind of like this. And so those who are led by the Spirit of God are, are the children of God. Verse 15 says, The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. You know, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives birth to you spiritually, that you are born again. You know, this is another example where the Holy Spirit demonstrates female characteristics. In other words, he's not a female. He's not a male. He's God. But this is where he demonstrates part of his, the nature of God to give birth to things, where life is birth, is that we are birthed into the family of God. How are we birthed? By the Holy Spirit. And if you've ever given your life to Jesus, then you, you have been taken from being a slave to being a son or a daughter of the king. And the one who does that transaction, the one who brings that reality about in our life, the one who births that is the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit testifies within you that you're children of God. Uh, John fourteen eighteen, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. You know, we're all, we're all pretty much orphans when we're born. Like, we're spiritual orphans. We, we have no family. It's like we've been abandoned. We're abandoned spiritually. Not by God, it's because we abandoned Him. You know, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But we're all, we're all orphans spiritually. Like, we're looking for significance. And why do you think as humans we look for it all these other places that never meet our needs? And it's only when we come to Jesus where we realize, okay, you're, you're, you're the one I needed. <laughs> this, this is what I needed. Uh, you know, sometimes those of us who grew up in church, you know, we don't have as great of an understanding of those of you who lived half your life and then met Jesus. Because we're like, oh, and it's always been this way, you know? No, it hasn't been. And maybe you have, you know, it says he who is forgiven much loves much. So if you've been forgiven much, just know, hey, guess what? You get to love much. So you're in good company. And, you know, the Holy Spirit changes us and births us and makes us a child of of the King. But this is also the truth, is that, you know, that we're not orphans anymore. We're not slaves to fear. We're not not slaves to sin anymore. We're not slaves to darkness anymore. We have been brought into the family of the King of Kings. And we've done that by God Himself, the power of that is residing in the Holy Spirit Himself as He brings us into the family of God. And it says the same thing in Galatians 4. Um, We can read that scripture here. Galatians 4, what does it say? Uh, And 6, Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. What does Abba mean? Does anybody know? It means Daddy. Thank you. Basically, Abba is the Aramaic word for father. It was a very intimate phrase. It became, it became a, a phrase of, of intimacy. And so, uh, even though the New Testament was written in Greek, they throw in the Aramaic as Abba, Father. So the emphasis is Daddy, Father. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal the Father's heart to you. We have... We, we, the Holy Spirit has to come in and redefine what a father means in our lives. He has, to, he has to bring revelation to that. Because again, if we relate to God as a human, then we're going we're gonna to be diminishing Him and limiting Him, and we're actually going to anticipate responses from God that are not God's responses. We might even hear things that we think are from God because we're projecting an image of God onto God. I hope that's not too like heady or makes your makes your head hurt. But um, it's so amazing. But the Holy Spirit is the one who begins to strip those things away and says, "Guess what? You knew a father on earth, and guess what? Every single one of them is messed up. Even if they were a good father, they still weren't even close to God the Father." And so, yeah, if there's some good things, I'm going to highlight those good things and show you, hey, that was good. 
But there's going to be some other things that I'm going to have to rewrite in your heart and mind. I'm going to have to wash those away. It's going to be, and I feel like sometimes it's, it's a slow washing. It's where the Holy Spirit just, just continues, says, we're, we're just going to continue to wipe this away. We're just going to continue to wash this thing away. Your mind is going to be renewed, what? Day by day. Your mind is renewed. Begin, you think differently. You get the scriptures in you. You have, you have a relationship with God. He begins to speak with you. You begin to talk to Him. You begin to share your life with Him. Guess what? He begins to share His life with you. Because that's what a relationship is. It's not one-sided. Some of us are stuck in a one-sided relationship with God. Where we're only sharing with Him and we're not allowing Him to share with us. Or we're only allowing Him to share with us and we're not, we're not opening ourselves up to Him. How powerful it is when we open our hearts to Him. And the other truth from these scriptures is so, is so powerful. How do I know I'm saved? Have you ever doubted your salvation? Have you ever thought, if you're a believer in Jesus here, and you said, I, I prayed the prayer, I've, given my, I've made Jesus my Lord and Savior, but then you, know, you see someone else and they look holier than you, right? Or they look amazing. Or you get to know them and they sound amazing. And they probably are amazing. But you go... Am I really saved? Do I really know Jesus? Guess what? The Holy Spirit confirms in your heart that I am a child of God. So if you're concerned about that, you you need to ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you say about me? Holy Spirit, who am I? Who am I? Let God define who you are and not somebody else, not your own thoughts, not your own misconceptions. Allow Him to pour out the Spirit within you. And the Holy Spirit, He will, call, he will begin to call out from you, Abba, Father. In other words, it says the Holy Spirit will stir within you the relationship to God as a father. Because He's already calling out to God to say, Daddy... You know, there's, there's no better feeling as, as, a, as a dad than for your kids, especially when they're young, to come to you and just go, Daddy! There's nothing like that. And we might not even mind it when the kids got older, right? <laughs> it might not, might not hurt. But uh, in the same way, God doesn't want us to get so old in our faith that we don't come to him anymore as daddy. And it's only our relationship with the Holy Spirit that reveals that true relationship with us, with God as the Father. What? It's, it's no wonder that in our, in our culture that the, even the word Father has been destroyed because it's so key to relating to who God is. That the enemy came in and distorted what fatherhood looks like, what humanity looks like, what maleness and femaleness look like, to distort the image of God. Because if we're confused about who God is, then we're not going to come to Him. But if we have a revelation of who God is, just like when Jesus was on earth, He says all the people who were open, they were, they were flooding to Him. Why? Even the worst sinners were flooding to Him. Why? Because they saw who He really was. And who God really is, is bringing his children, his lost children, back home to him. So let me, let me pray over you. Go ahead and stand. Stand up. That way you can stretch your legs a little bit maybe. Change positions. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you need to have a, a, the Spirit confirm in your heart that you are a child of God. I mean, if you're not, then you, you simply need to ask. You can simply pray and turn your heart towards Him and say, Lord, I give you my heart. I make you my Lord and my Savior. And we'll have leaders up here, if you've never done that, that you can pray with here in just a minute. But maybe you're struggling with your identity. Maybe, you're, maybe you just need to uh, have a greater revelation of God as Father. I just want to pray over you right now to, that the Holy Spirit would continue to work in your life. So right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you and we thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. 
we just say, Holy Spirit, you are free to do your work in me. Holy Spirit, you're free to do what you want in me. Reveal the Father to me. Reveal what Daddy God is like. Reveal Abba Father to me, Holy Spirit. Lord, wipe away anything where I'm confused, where I'm holding back from from you because I have a misunderstanding of who you are. Lord, forgive us if we've become a lake where we've, we've just only received and we've not given out. Show us how we can allow your life and your joy and your peace and your freedom to flow out of us to other people. That we would have the rivers of living water flowing from within us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We just thank you for being at work within us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want our leaders to come up. If you need prayer for anything, please don't leave without receiving prayer. If you need to give your heart to Jesus, if you need healing in your body, uh, if you just need a breakthrough in some area, if you just need a greater understanding of Holy Spirit, come, come get prayer. Just say, I just need personal prayer today before I leave. Um, and if the rest of y'all, if you want to leave, you are free to be dismissed. <laughs>